0: Amen. We want to welcome our Facebook. We got a lot of people on there this morning. Let's give them a hand all across. Sometimes they join us in the nation of Sri Lanka. God bless you. We love you. Uh, Believing God's best for you. We're going to continue in our series. This is the fourth week on the armor of God. The armor of God. I was also told to announce that the life groups will be kicking off. Life groups are kicking off today. Uh, So you can uh, find out more about that at the the foyer, a number of life groups. Um, So if you have the PowerPoint and you can bring that up, that would be fantastic. Uh, First slide. Let's see. Get to that. I just subtitled this message, I'm just passing through. Can we just say it together to say, I'm just passing through. And we have a purpose with all that statement right there. Ephesians 6 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And we talked about in the last few weeks that the word wrestle has to do with a struggle, a struggling. It actually had to do with a hand-to-hand fighting, a, a uh, kind of, uh, it's the Greek word pala. It was where they get their words, where they name their training fitness centers, the palastra, uh, and it actually means the house. Of combat sports. And we said this, I wanna take all the time, just quickly recap that the palaestra was a, a huge building that outwardly looked like a palace, and it was a place of uh, combat sports that was dedicated to where they cultivated the skills of the athletes. And, and, and I've talked about this in the last few weeks that actually the pilastra in the natural, as Paul using this word in the Greek, is illustrating a spiritual truth in a principle. A spiritual truth in a principle. And how many of you know that God has patterns in the scripture? I like patterns. It shows us kind of how we can relate to our daily life today. And so there's a truth that uh, the local church, the local church is our training place. It is our place where we are trained and we grow. Uh, uh, there are all kinds of trainers. There are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, those that exhort, those that give, those that challenge us in all ways in, in our spiritual growth. And so all the knowledge, all the equipment, everything that the athlete needs is in the pilastra. How many of you see how important it is to be plugged into a local church? Can I get an amen? amen. And if Maybe if you don't see that quite yet, then you will. And so last week we ended off. uh, We talked about this process of preparation in this preparation room, or actually it's called the undressing room. We're going to get into all that, where the athlete would strip down. And and I was digging deeper into this that when they would go into these rooms, the the top of the that preparation room would kind of be open. And so you think you're looking at the Middle East here in the summer. How many know it gets hot? Well, with all that clay or, 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 or brick that they built them with the sandy bottom, it was like an oven. It was like an oven in there. And so these guys had to learn to train in the most harshest environments there uh, so they could be able to be fit for the battle. How many with me say amen? And so, so there was this application of oil after he looked at the roster, after the scouts went out and said, hey, we want you to fight in the palastra. And then he accepted all that. The athlete would go, once he went through all this process, and this, there would be this first application of oil. And we talked about that last week, and we talked about how that oil, uh, symbolically, is a lot like the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. So right now, even now, under my weak voice, <laughs> the Spirit of God is pressing right now in your hearts. He is pressing his word in your heart. And if we yield to that, we yield to that, what happens when he presses that oil in the the, the muscles and would break down all that lactic acid and they would be supple and they'd be able to handle, you know, being uh, exerted. Ephesians 4 says that ministers are to equip the people for works of service. Why? So they'd be built up. And equipping, we said, has to do... Which is restored to its original, being made fit or being made complete. And it's actually a word to equip means to set right. Somebody shout set right. right. How many of you had a bone that was out of joint or you broke some bone or something that needed to be patched, but something that's maybe a shoulder out of joint? They would set that. And how many know that at times is painful to set? Yeah. Come on, somebody, amen. Yeah, and so the call of the pastor is not always to make you happy. And so, pastors that only focus on, God bless them, to make you love, joy, peace, and happiness in your greatest life all the time, are really not giving you the full gospel. Just throwing that out there right now. And so, so hey, listen, I like, there are times when I just say, like, turn on, you know, whatever. And I like, listen to it, and it's encouraging to me, and I need to be encouraged. Can I get an amen? amen. But you need a diet. How many of you know on a battery there's positive and negative? You don't just charge your battery with positive only. Amen? If you're going to jump the battery, you need the positive and you need some truth. That's right. That's right. Amen. I'm glad you came to church this morning. So the takeaway we talked about last week is that we need to permit, we need to allow, we need to submit to God's ministry gifts. And, and I, I take that with ter- tremendous weight. There's a tremendous weight tremendous weight on my soul in that to, to declare the truth of God's word and not cause confusion, okay? And that, that I would rightly divine the word of truth because I'm gonna have the answer for that. So I don't wanna have the fear of man on me, amen? Or, or anybody, I want to speak the truth in love, but I also I want to speak God's heart. And so, so after this vital work of that application, there was a second application of oil, and and that is what a lot of people seem to think. It's it's the it's the ability of God, it's the power of God, it's the the anointing of God on your life that 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 God enables you. And and we're going to just talk about a couple facets of that here this morning. So, uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Ephesians six. And but the second application of oil. Oil is one that the athlete would go through, and it was a very thick, heavy oil. So once he went through that training, that pressing of that oil, there was another application that went on him, and he would actually be dosed with this. It was a very thick, it was expensive, we'll talk about that in a moment, but it was a very thick oil that actually they would put on the top of the head of the athlete and pour it all over his body. Now just think about that in maybe 110 degrees dry heat, you know, and that oil's on you in the sun. And, you know, we put a little tannin lotion on, and, like sometimes you can burn. He is soaked in this. And it's poured. It's a heavy, heavy application. So application. So the manager would pour that whole vial oil oil on the head of the athlete, and until he was completely covered with oil. So actually, they look like a grease pig, basically. They, 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 they just all that oil. Uh, and the illustration is, this reading First Samuel 10, talks about Samuel the prophet. Uh, he took a vile of oil and he poured it on Saul, who was a young man, Chosen uh, by Samuel and God to be the first king in Israel. And the Bible says that God anointed the king of Israel and he poured that on there. And one commentator says this, I thought it was interesting, that says this act signifies the gifts of the Holy Spirit which were necessary for them that should rule. And then if you jump down to verse nine in 1 Samuel 10, moment that happened, the Bible says this, that Saul began to prophesy. And he uh, actually said, the Bible says that God gave him a different heart to lead Israel. Why? Because the oil, that application of oil, uh, symbolically, even over his life, gave him the ability to operate in that gift. Come with me. Say amen. I'm going somewhere. And so that oil caused you to have the ability. So too for us today, my brothers and sisters. God's calling on your life. God's plan and purpose for your life. It coincides, it agrees with, it matches his ability for for you to fulfill that specific grace. God doesn't call you to do something you're not gifted to. Amen. A lot of times we think, well, I think I'm called to that. Yeah, I'm called to be a preacher, whatever. And Nope, he hasn't poured that oil over your life for that. But in other areas, you thrive because that's where we see the oil. We see the ability of God over your life. How many still love me? Say amen. Yeah. So, so why did the manager of the plaster do this? Well, from a battle standpoint, to prepare that athlete, that second application made the athlete slippery. So, I want you to think about that. So, so how many of you have ever had oil? And you try to grab a hold of someone. I just can't get a hold of you and try to tackle someone like that. It's hard. It's like chasing, like I said, the greased pig. And so that application, it made the athlete slippery. And so, so he could enter that arena with his adversary, and his enemy, watch this, would try to, but really can't grab a hold of him. And see, what happened was the athlete would go in there. The bottom of the, the, the arena would be full of sand. He would take his hands full of oil, stick it in the sand, and that's a whole message right there, how God allows us to get a hold of the enemy and, 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 and deal with that. But, but he would, he would uh, be totally greased, and he gets under there, and he would be slippery. Under the anointing in this process that I believe the Spirit of God is showing us today, the Holy Spirit always will give us the edge over Satan. Did you hear that? How many of you heard the statement, Why well, you can't keep a good man down or a good woman down, right? That idiom. And, and so, so you can't keep an anointed man of God. You cannot keep an anointed woman of God down. Why? Because that oil caused them to evade the tactics of the enemy. How many with me say amen? If they continue to walk circumspect, they're not perfect. Okay? And what I mean by that, I don't mean any, call. I'm talking about any man or woman of God. And I'm speaking to many men and women of God here today. And so sometimes we just think that the enemy has its over a barrel, there's nothing we can do. No, just like oil on the back of a duck, can I get an amen? There's an elusiveness. There's a slipperiness. There's an ability to evade and escape the snares of the devil. Can you say amen? You know, <clears throat> I think of David when he was holed up in the cave of Engedi in 1 Samuel 24. And actually, he's in a cave hiding. And Saul has, I think it's 3,000 soldiers there. He goes to relieve himself. And the cave he goes in is the cave that David's in. And David and his men say, take him out. And so, so there's this evading. And so here is the king before David. And David lays no hand on him. Just cuts a little bit of his rule. Could have taken him out, but he evaded, he evaded. How many of you know that there are times in your spiritual journey where it feels like all is lost? Come on. Are you awake this morning? Do you believe, you know what, I don't know how I'm gonna make it. I, 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 some of you feel I'm gonna die in this season. I don't, I don't, know, how, I don't know how we made it, I, I just don't know. It doesn't seem like getting, things are getting any better. And some of you have cried out, oh, Jesus, I can't do this, it's too much. It is too much for you in the natural Did you hear me? It is too much in the natural for us all. But with Jesus, with Jesus in his anointing, with Jesus in his power and calling on your life, you can make it. Can I get an amen? You can make it through and escape the enemy. How many know our God is a way maker? He makes a way of escape. He causes us to slip out from under the attack. The attack's real. The weapons formed are against you, and they're pointed but only he can deliver you from that. Can I get an amen? The Bible says, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you're not gonna fear no evil. Why? Because he brings us out of that, and he brings us into a new season in our life. You know what? It's only Jesus that will cause us to, to pass through, and it's his presence, his anointing on our life. If we submit to his process, we go through this training, we allow the Spirit of God to press that oil in us, Especially this second application when it's the call, I believe, the grace and the gifts of God in your life that causes you to pass through, pass through. You know, I think of a scripture in Luke, Luke chapter 4, and it talks about how Jesus passed through. It says, they got up, they were furious because they hated what he had to say because it's truth. How many know the enemy hates truth? He hates truth. And he said this. And so they got up and they drove Jesus out of the town and they led him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him over the cliff. Something bad was going to happen. OK, so there's a mob of people. So you could say a bunch of rioters were out there to throw him over a cliff. But the Bible says that something interesting. Jesus just passes through. Jesus just passes through the crowd, went on his way. And I thought about that, and I thought, okay, what are some of the contents? I'm like, you know, is there something significant? Did Jesus do something? He didn't walk through and go, "You shall be blind." He, he, we see stories of that in the Old Testament, where armies were blinded, and a prophet would lead them. He didn't do that. He didn't do any of that. He didn't, he didn't do anything supernatural in that moment. He didn't make himself seem invisible. Like, well, how did he pass through? He just, like, he disappeared and he was cloaked and, and he made it through. No, no, doesn't say that. <clears throat> this commentator says he probably quietly overawed these angry men with his calm self-possession. So they refrained from their cruel purpose and so he passed through the midst. Nothing demonstrative, nothing miraculous happened in the physical. He just passed through. Why? The presence of God was on his life. Let me, let me tell you, my brothers and sisters, when the presence of God is on your life, when you're pursuing the Lord, when you're in the midst of even difficult situations, you think, I'm not going to make it out of this alive. God allows you to pass through. he allows allow you to pass through. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. That's the God we serve. You know, that's the power of the oil. That's the power of the presence of God. And and we talk about the Holy Spirit a lot in Harvest. Why? Because it's the third part of the Trinity. Amen? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, is with you. Can you say amen? amen? Just like David before Goliath. Amen? That that presence of God, that power of God in his life caused him to defeat the giant, like Samson before the Philistine, just like Joshua before the Canaanites, just like I would say for you here today. I mean, no, you're here today. You made it through 2020. Amen? Amen. But some of you think, oh, pastor, beginning of 2021 doesn't look any good. Well, I'm not going to say it is, but you know what? With the oil of God and the presence of God in your life, you can pass through. Amen. Amen? Amen? can pass through. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's still hard for many. Just look around. It was an agonizing year last year, and fearful. It was sad. It was it was scary at times, and it was painful. But but you made it. You made it. You're here. Amen. He said, "Well, I, I lost a lot. You're here. You're alive. Amen. So there must be a reason you're here." Amen. That God still has a purpose. You're still breathing. God has a purpose for your life. Why? Because God's ability, God's power, his grace on your life causes you to pass through. Psalm 66, 12 says this. I love this verse. It says, you made men ride over our heads in defeat. We went through fire, through water. Mm -hmm. Yet you brought us out. We're just passing through. We're just passing through into a broad place of abundance to be refreshed. I love that. Friends, we are just passing through these difficulties. God has a destination on the other side. Can you say amen? Amen. An anonymous writer has given us the story of an American tourist that visited in the 19th century, a Polish rabbi. And he was looked upon by the people at his time as an extremely wise and saintly person. And on his arrival at the rabbi's residence, the tourist was astonished to discover uh, that it consisted only of one simple room, and the walls were lined with books, a table and a chair with only furnishings. But rabbi, the tourist asked, where is your furniture? To which the rabbi replied, where is yours? Where is mine, said the puzzled tourist. I'm only a visitor here. I'm just passing through. So am I, answered the rabbi, so am I. You know what? God is trying to get us into a place where we don't love this earth so much. <laughs> There's a future. There's a destination God has, and it's called heaven. And listen, I am going to paint a picture. There's no bad news in heaven. You can turn on the heavenly channel or the heavenly YouTube. It's only good. It's only exciting. Come on, somebody. Amen? Amen? There's no negativity. There's no fear. There's not this is going to happen. That's going to happen. They're going to change this. And now boys go into girls' rooms. Girls go. Come on, somebody. There's none of that. you got to look at things in the light of eternity. Amen? Yeah, it's a battle down here. But we're just passing through. I said we're just passing through. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. No matter what happens in 2021, a new declaration: we are just passing through. Can you say Amen? amen. Passing, passing through the valley, passing through the storms, passing through the di- disappointment, maybe betrayal, whatever it may be. I remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Amen. Right, right. What happened to them? They're thrown in a fiery furnace. They wouldn't bow to the king's idol. So what happened? They passed through, and Jesus showed up in the midst. But they passed through. You know, friends, when you come out of the storm, you're not going to be the same person who walked in. That is what the storm is all about. You're just passing through. Can I get an amen? amen? I remember David, when the decree went out in the Old Testament and the the king's uh, leaders deceived the king and, and made him make an edict that nobody should pray. Or let's fast forward 2020. Nobody should go to church, close the churches down. Nobody should, you know, pray, seek the Lord. Nobody should be worshiping. And what does Daniel do? And an act of total civil disobedience, it says he opens his windows and he what? He prays towards the city where everyone could see him. Can I get an amen? amen? And what happens? You're going to the lion's den. And they threw him in the lion's den to be eaten that night. I love this verse. Chapter 6, verse 20 says this. And the king didn't like it. He didn't like what was happening. He knew he was duped. But the next morning, the Bible says the king had come near to the den. He called out to Daniel with a troubled voice. Why? He knew what, was, what, what he decreed was wrong. He was dupe, but no matter what, Daniel had to be thrown in that lion's den. And Daniel, he's basically saying, I'm so sorry what's happened to you. I'm sorry what's happened this past year. I know it's been painful. It's sad. It's the worst Your predicament right now. But this is what you got to get. Ready? Watch this. Oh, Daniel, has your God, whom you constantly serve, has your God, whom you constantly serve, been able to rescue you from the lions? Oh, we know the answer to that. Has your God, whom you constantly serve, been able to rescue you? Rescue you from these horrible situations? Daniel replied, O king. Yes, my God is able, O king. I made it because I'm just passing through. <laughs> we're just passing through that terrible storm. You know, God gave you this life because he knew you were strong enough to live it. Did you hear that? You're strong enough. And sometimes the best thing you can do is not Think, nor wonder, nor imagine, which the real thinking minds, that's hard not to do, or obsess. Breathe, have faith in Jesus Christ and his word that everything will work out for your best. Why? Because we are just passing through. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I'm almost done. You know, church, it's the oil of a God spirit that causes you to pass through. The oil of God's spirit. I don't know how if you can read all of that. It's up there on the screen. But, you know, I love this verse in First Corinthians 10. And it talks about when we are tempted. Now watch this. Watch this. No temptation, regardless of its source, has overtaken or enticed you that is not common to human experience. Nor is any temptation unusual beyond human resistance. But see, some of you right there reading, that go, what? What did he just say? That's in the Bible. But God is faithful to His word. He is compassionate and trustworthy, and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability to resist. Hallelujah. But with the temptation, as he has in the past and now will, will always provide what? The way out. Somebody shut the way out. See, there's a way of escape. I said there's a way of escape that addiction is not strong and stronger than you. I said, there's a way of escape. That alcohol that trips you up is not stronger than you. There's a way of escape. Come on, somebody. Amen. These things that grip our lives, these fears, these harassments, they are not stronger than God. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. A way of escape Hallelujah. Just like Paul in Damascus. You know, I was reading this, and interesting, you know, you can find a lot of things in the Bible when you just stop. If you just don't read it through it really quickly, I like to stop at certain words and say, wait a minute. What does that mean? Right? What does that mean? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians eleven thirty three, 33, where, where uh, Paul was surrounded in the city. And the, the, the governor wanted him assassinated. Think of being in a town. Just say right here Alexandria or whatever your town you're from, and you know, the, the authorities are coming after you. They're going to kill you. As soon as they see you, they want to shoot you dead. How many of you know you'd be a little bit nervous and you want to hide yourself, right? So he's hiding himself. All the gates, all the exit places, they are all have soldiers everywhere. There's, I could say it this way, a hopeless situation. A no way out situation. He's surrounded. If he gets caught, they're going to kill him on the spot. This is Apostle Paul. Now, watch this. Paul said, and so, so he's, he's relating this, and he says, So Paul said, So I was let down in a basket through an opening in the wall and escaped from him. That doesn't even sound miraculous, right? And I looked at it, I was like, The enemy was baffled by a basket. Come on, somebody. The basket took out the devil. You know, what are baskets? Baskets are what? They're the fruit of your labor. Isn't that right? If you see a lady carrying a basket, what's in it? Basket has food, has vegetables in it, right? Baskets are kind of like the fruit of prosperity. How many you know that Jesus took empty baskets and then in a second filled them with f- for 5,000 people he could feed? Just like that. See, some of you think, I'm carrying an empty basket. What happened to me this year? Everything was sucked out. But in a moment, Jesus, you can look back and there's provision. There's a future. There's a hope. Hallelujah. I was let down by something insignificant. I was in it. See, what had to happen is everything that you trust in had to be empty. Oh, come on, somebody. Emptied out to you to get in it. And when you're surrendered in that basket of trust and hope and you're lower down, you can escape. Hallelujah. I don't know. I'm getting excited. Maybe not. There's pizza later, but I'm getting excited now. Amen. Hallelujah. Escape. Hallelujah. One second, it's empty. It's hopeless. It's, 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 you know, there's no way. And then it turns around. You know, it tells us too, the godly are sometimes exposed to very formidable dangers. That's what that story tells us. And also that God will use weak things. He'll use weak vessels, baskets for a miracle for your deliverance. Amen? In conclusion, let me just say this. There's something you need to know about this oil something you need to know about this oil and I said I just mentioned it earlier that it was very very costly very costly this second application this thick oil even though there was a great storage room uh, full of this oil in the palastra here's the thing the oil was not free it was expensive what are you saying Pastor Mike well the trainer had to pay for the oil out of his own pocket stand with me if you would please The trainer had to pay for the oil out of his own pocket. What do you mean, Pastor Mike? It cost the trainer. It was free for the athlete, but there was a cost extracted by that trainer of the palastro. It was extremely, extremely expensive. It was part of his life that was poured out to obtain that oil. You know, so, too, the church, like the palastra, it has a great, how I many you know God has a tremendous storage of oil for us all? Tremendous, it's ever-flowing. It's ever-flowing. And the oil of the Spirit, all that we ever need is provided in the storehouse in God's, God's church. I believe that. But here's the thing, those that minister to us in our life, and I'm not speaking just pastors, I'm talking all five-fold ministry, they have paid for that oil out of their own wallets. Not cash, not credit cards, but how do you, how do you pay for something like that? A dedication. Seriousness. Commitment. Hard work. Holiness. Consecration. Sacrifice. I mean, it goes on. I'm not, I'm not saying I've lived up to all of those perfectly, no. But there is a cost for that. There's a, there's a cost. And so, and so that second application of oil, history says it was so expensive... One trainer alone could not provide all that oil. So so the pastor, and thank God for solid pastors, amen. We need that. We need more of them. And local church pastors and and and, and but but as a pastor, I'm okay with that that I can't provide everything you need. There is a provision and there is an oil that's dispensed, but 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 the apostle can't provide everything for you. The evangelists, and I thank God for the evangelists, that ministry, and those who preach the gospel and go into foreign lands, and that's great. There's an oil there, but it's not, they can't provide everything you need, just that one gift. The teacher, the prophets, all wonderful gifts that are still in Christ's body today. So in other words, there's no one person or one gift if I could say it that way. They can provide everything that you need, but all of them together can. That's the body of Christ. I'm okay with that. <laughs> because why? I'm not your savior. He is. Amen? Amen? And there's some oil you can receive. And you go, wow, I was filled up by that. Praise God. But you still need to feed yourself. You still need to grow yourself. You still need to get before the living word of God. Amen? And seek the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. God, what does that mean? He brings together a multitude of trainers, professional oil rubbers. <laughs> I didn't know that'd be my calling, but well, word of God. Ow, that hurt Pastor Mike. Well, <laughs> that's good. You're going to be better. You're going to be stronger. It'll enable you to resist the temptation, to elude the tactics of the enemy. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. But they have purchased that. They've purchased that. Submitting to the will of God for the life. Friends, that's the church. That's the church globally. That's the church locally. Amen. Isaiah forty three fifteen. my last verse here. And we'll pray. I am the Lord, your Holy One. The creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way. Wow. Through the sea and a path through the mighty waters. Our God is a way maker. He's a way maker so I want to leave you with this, the question today, in all of our troubles in all of our trials and all the things that are before us the pains, the suffering the disappointment, the discouragement the anger, the frustration wherever it may be we're just passing through did you hear that? we're just passing through and there's a day I you know there won't be any sorrow every head bowed please if you would this morning There will be a day where He'll wipe away our tears. But not before God has a last say. Amen. Let me just say this. God is not finished with America. God is not finished with this nation. Our God is a just God. Our God is a righteous God. God says, I hate unjust balances. I hate when the just are treated like the wicked. I hate that, God said. We said, well, that's a strong word, that's Mike you shouldn't share that. It's in the Bible. I say, it's in the Bible. There are certain things, but God's bringing us to a place and I believe, well, I'm getting off track here. He's getting us to a place where we, like that basket, say, you know what? I'm gonna get in into your will and your timing your purpose for my life and in that I'm going to escape the way maker's making an escape <laughs> he's going to make an escape for us but when God executes his justice the Bible says even your enemies start to weep oh my God they begin to cry but we got to trust his righteousness in that in his timing can you say amen hallelujah so the question this morning is that we conclude will you allow this process this pressing of God's spirit in your life the oil of the spirit, the training process that God has for every single believer. Well, this is people for call for the ministry are talking about, no, every Christian, if you're willing and you say yes, you answer the call to the scout and you say yes, then you will be trained to reign for him. So our response is yieldedness with every head bowed. I want to pray for you, but you're here this morning. You say, Pastor, maybe you're listening online. You are not right with God. You are not right with God, and you know it. You know what I'm not talking about you stumble here and there. You love the Lord. You get back up. You draw near to God. I'm not, I'm talking about you are away. Your heart is away. Jesus is speaking to you right now, and Jesus is beckoning you. He's calling you to himself. You say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to get right with God. I want to begin God's process of preparation for my life. His training process. If that's you, pray with me. Let's say this together. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. Jesus, thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name friends, if you prayed that prayer, we have information here. We want to help you along your journey. And and maybe you're online there and you're listening to us. You can write us. We'll follow up with you. We'll pray for you. Uh, We're here for you. Amen. How many learned something this morning?